We're going to look at this subject that Peter lays out, and there are four important points here. You'll notice an example to follow. Be clothed with humility. You'll notice also a warning to flee. God resisteth the proud. There's a call to action. Humble yourselves. Verse 6, therefore under the mighty hand of God. There's the call to action. And then fourthly, a reward to enjoy. He giveth grace to the humble. So we have firstly here an example to follow. Now you're not asked to do anything that the elder is not asked to do. And we're back to that little statement, this exhortation is to the young, and it is to the new believer and the every believer, but you're not asked to do something that elders are not asked to do. Likewise, it says. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher, and today we're turning to the message of 1 Peter chapter 5 on clothed with humility. Humility, that rare jewel that will be difficult to find in many quarters today. Men become proud, especially the ungodly man. But the Christian man is to be clothed with humility. That is our message today as we get to the pulpit of our church here in Cloverdale. But firstly, we start with Psalm 20. This Psalm 20 is a national anthem fitted to be sung at the outbreak of war. Let me read to you the words of Psalm 20. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice, Selah. Grant thee according to thine own heart, and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation, and in the name of our God we will set up our banners. The Lord will fulfill all thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, let the King hear us when we call. As a messianic psalm, it may be applied to the prayers of the Lord Jesus in Gethsemane prior to Calvary. To us, it is the church's hope in the day of trouble. Now, trouble is not a strange thing to the child of God in this world. David's life was a series of trials and troubles. All the patriarchs hoped against hope, believing promises yet unfulfilled. The evidence of evil around them was staggering, but they staggered not, being strong in faith. The nature of this trouble can apply to us also. The root meaning is tightness, to be restricted and hindered by pressure on all sides. 
You'll notice the reference to smallness. It's just a little flock. And again, that is a picture of the true church of the Lord Jesus in the world today. A flock that is threatened because it's a day of battle. In the verse 5, it says, We will rejoice in thy salvation, and in the name of our God will we set up our banners. These are military flags. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. In Canada, the gospel church is in a battle for its very existence. There is not a gospel church that is not feeling the financial restraint along with the falling away to unbiblical liberal worship. We are called to be a remnant people for the Lord, whatever hardship and loneliness that may bring upon us. Our flag is unfurled to serve the living God who is upon his throne. Now, that is not the cause of our discouragement, but the reason for our hope in the day of trouble. Now, notice the verse 8 causes for hope in this psalm, which is to be turned into prayer. When you can turn your problems to prayer, there is always hope. And I trust that today that you will be enabled by God's grace to just look to the Lord in prayer, trust, and call upon him. Let's do that together for a moment. Father, we come in Jesus' name to the throne of grace, and we thank thee for your love to us and your interest in us. And we thank thee for this word that encourages us in a day of trouble. O Lord, we would not turn to fear, but we pray that we will be a people of faith, believing the promises of God's presence, God's protection, and God's power to go before us. O Lord, strengthen your people today and encourage every heart. May your grace be their portion. Thank you, Lord, for your love to us. And we just praise you that you can comfort the lonely, you can minister to those that need a word just to lift up their hearts, and I pray that you will draw very near in each circumstance. Thank you for your goodness. Bless us, we pray, and answer our prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.
Peter chapter 5 and verse 5. We may not be finished this book before Easter. We may be preaching right beyond the Easter season because, as you can understand, that uh, perhaps the Sunday before and on Easter Sunday itself, uh, we may not be looking at these things, but other things that are related to the death of our Lord and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And there's a very big subject coming up, and that is the subject of Satan going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. A devour. Now, recently I listened to an audio sermon on uh, the very subject of what access does the devil have to the Christian's mind and heart? And I was very impressed with that whole subject, but it's going to require a lot of homework and a lot of study because it's uh, an area of theology uh, that is uh, not very well uh, developed in some cases, and I think that we need to do our homework on that subject. But we'll leave that for a week or two to come. Tonight, our text, the words that we're going to look at are in verse 5. And I want you to notice the words, clothed with humility. Now, I keep getting emails from a certain men's clothing store, and they use the slogan, the well-dressed man. And you might well figure out uh, what that store is that uses that slogan. Well, tonight we're going to consider the well-dressed Christian. And I think my title subject uh, caused a bit of consternation among uh, some, especially visitors this morning. Uh, they were thankful they didn't come to the evening service because the subject was going to be the well-dressed Christian. Now, you will see here that the clothing of the Christian here is not cloth, it is not uh, prepared by a tailor, but it is the inner humility, clothed with humility. Uh, humility has been likened to the string that gathers together all the pearls and makes them a true set in perfection. And if the pearls, no matter how beautiful, no matter how lovely, if they were gathered together with anything but the string of humility, they would not be beautiful. And no matter how hard you work, no matter what you do for God, no matter what sacrifices you make, if your life is not marked by humility, it will mar everything that you do. Now, this topic comes under the heading of loving exhortations to the young. And you'll notice how Peter divides up this subject. Verses 1 to 4, there are exhortations to the elder. Here in verse 5, you will see the word, likewise ye younger. And the pleas and exhortations of the apostle Peter here to elders, they are also laid upon the shoulders of the young Christian or those who have never held the office of elder. And I see that 
likewise may refer to three things here. As the elder is waiting for the chief shepherd, so ye younger, those that are perhaps new to the Christian faith, those that do not have a particular office in the church, ye younger, submit yourselves. And just as the elder is to conduct his ministry and his service with the fear of the Lord, the chief shepherd appearing, each one of us is to put on humility. Uh, likewise, because the chief shepherd will appear. Also, this refers to the fact that we're called to be examples. Elders are called to be examples to the flock, but ye younger are also examples. You're never too young to be an example of what a Christian should be. And then the opposite of lords. Elders were not to be lording over the flock ruling in a harsh manner. Likewise, ye younger, you are to be marked by gentleness, by this humility. Now, in answer to what is the value of humility amongst Christian graces, the answer is that it's number one, and it's also number two, and it's also number three. Humility is the foundation of repentance. You are, and I are called to a life of repentance, denying ourselves. We are not to be known for pushing our own agenda, desiring our own way like a spoiled child, but rather we are to be examples in putting others first and esteeming others better than ourselves. This humility is also the effect of all Bible knowledge. The more that you grow in the knowledge of the doctrines and the knowledge of the Lord, the more you should grow in humility. And just as fruit on the tree, it shouldn't just be growing in size and bigger and bigger through uh, the summer season, it also needs to be growing in ripeness. And when the harvest season comes, you just don't want a big apple, you want a sweet apple. And it's humility that is the true uh, mark of gospel growth. It's also the power of the gospel, because the gospel is the, is the answer to the pride of man. Man is by nature filled with pride. He wants his own way. He is a humanist. It's my way or no way. And the gospel brings man down from his high seat of pride to the feet of Jesus. And if you're calling yourself a Christian tonight, you have come to sit at Jesus' feet to learn of Him, and you will be marked by this grace of humility. Now, the gospel that does not make a man hate pride is not the gospel of Christ. It's not the gospel of Calvary or the gospel that leads to heaven. We know that pride was born in heaven, but it got kicked out. And when Satan lifted up himself in pride against God, he was cast out. And so the gospel that's born in heaven is the opposite 
to pride. And so Peter has a number of things to say about humility. It's the queen of graces. It's the mark of a man's favor with God. And dare any man say, I don't need this sermon from Peter on humility. The moment you say that, you're just, you're just confessing that you are not marked by humility. Humility is that inverse grace. To confess the need of it is the beginning of possessing it. To state that you don't need it is the very evidence that you don't know anything about it. Now, Mr. Spurgeon said, he that has no sense of his weakness has a weakness in his senses. So tonight we're going to look at this subject that Peter lays out, and there are four important points here. You'll notice an example to follow. Be clothed with humility. You'll notice also a warning to flee. God resisteth the proud. There's a call to action. Humble yourselves. Verse 6, therefore under the mighty hand of God. There's the call to action. And then fourthly, a reward to enjoy. He giveth grace to the humble. So we have firstly here an example to follow. Now you're not asked to do anything that the elder is not asked to do. And we're back to that little statement, this exhortation is to the young, and it is to the new believer and the every believer, but you're not asked to do something that elders are not asked to do. Likewise, it says, and you are to follow good leadership. You are to take your cue from those who walk uh, in the walk of humility. Now, the term clothed, when you look up this word, you will discover that it refers to the apron of a slave. This is the unique and, uh, and wonderful uh, background of this very word. And the man that wore this apron was declaring that he was a slave in the home, on the farm, and he therefore walked differently. And when you were a slave under the mastery of your owner uh, and you wore this particular apron, you never ran in front of your master. You took the lower position. You never took the high seat at the table. You took the lowest seat. You waited for the instruction to step forward rather than you making the call and setting the agenda. The whole life of the slave to be clothed with humility was the mark of his station in life. Now, Peter tells these Christians that they're to put on that apron of a slave in attitude. That's how they're to live and follow through in their Christian lives. Now, some early Christians, they sold themselves to be slaves that they might preach to those in bondage. Could you imagine loving the Lord so much, loving the souls of men so much that they were willing not only to wear the apron of a slave, but to take the station of a slave that they may go and preach the gospel to their fellow men. We read likewise of the Moravians 
in the 1500s, 1600s, when they were going across to new parts of the world. There were Moravian Christians, the only opportunity they had to witness, send the gospel to slaves, was to become slaves themselves. Now, that surely is a tremendous example of becoming a missionary. A missionary needs to be clothed with humility. Now, we think of our Lord Jesus Himself, who we may call the, the great missionary, who left heaven's glory and came down to this world. What did He do? He entered into this world. He became a bond slave. He took the station of a servant that He might serve the church and those whom He would save. This is Ian Gallagher. Thank you for joining in, and I hope that you were encouraged through the message of God's Word here today from 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. We have here an example to follow. It's so important that we as Christians give the right example. A father left his home once on a snowy day and went down the street straight into the pub where he was drinking with his fellows. And after a while, his little daughter arrived at the door of the pub. And the father turned around and looked in amazement and said, How did you find me here? And she said, I just put my feet into your footsteps, and here I am. And if we give that wrong direction and leave those footsteps for others to follow, we give a very poor example. And we need to be sure that our example leads men to truth and righteousness, not to evil or sin. And of course, we want our footsteps to be walking in the light of the Lord. So we have an example to follow. We have a warning to flee. Oh, we must be warned here in this passage that we are to be subject one to another. That uh, is, is so important, that we be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud. And if we want to be in God's favor, if we want to have God's blessing, we must flee uh, from everything that is grievous unto him. We must resist God, resist the proud. We must flee from pride, if we will know God's blessing. There is also here a reward to enjoy. God resisted the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. And so you can find that spiritual blessing of grace for your soul 
and the help and the blessing of the Lord. And then there's a reward, a reward, because if you humble yourself, you receive grace, but also uh, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due season. And God will indeed do that. And on the day of grace, the day of glory, the day whenever the Lord returns, he will, he will surely exalt his people. The wicked will be cast down, but the righteous will be lifted up. The wicked will be sent out into darkness, but the child of God will be brought into the presence of the Lord to shine with him and to glorify him. That's the reward of the Christian. And so it's worth living the Christian life with all our heart, and it's worth serving the Lord day and night. And I hope that through these programs, let the Bible speak, that the Lord will encourage you to be a servant of the living God. Let us stir ourselves up to real discipleship, to real gospel ministry, and let us take the task of serving Christ to heart, not with pride, but with humility, and thereby God will bless us. Now, let me encourage you to tune in to our church services here at the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, Sundays, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. You can do so on your computer, and you can join us by webcast at those times live at this web address, www.cloverdalefpchurch.ca cloverdalefpchurch.ca. And on those times, Sundays 10.30 and 6, you will see the live, the red live button, and that will take you immediately right to the service itself. And you can join us uh, to listen and view right here at our Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, Sunday mornings and evenings. And of course, we're on the air every day, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., and the announcements are coming up now. Please stay tuned and uh, take down these details. We look forward to hearing from you. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca. CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. 
Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187-9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway, on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak.